The Lord be with you. And also with you. The Holy Spirit came down from heaven to teach us and lead us into truth. Hallelujah. In the spirit of one who wrote, unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combine, truth and love for all to see. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and sacrament this day are offered in the praise of God for our congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst. And as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, this Pentecost Sunday, your presence with us in worship. Even as we think of our sisters and brothers in London, in old London town, we remember Mr. Wesley in the mists of May 17 and 38, finding, following the reading of Romans 8, Luther's commentary thereupon and the preaching of the gospel, that his heart in the midst of difficulty was strangely warmed. In that spirit, may we gather and may we worship. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Almighty God, on this day you opened the way of eternal life to every race and nation by the promised gift of your Holy Spirit. Shed abroad this gift throughout the world by the preaching of the gospel, that it may reach to the ends of the earth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always and also with you. Let us extend to one another signs of his peace. Please be seated. A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in, in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power, all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. 
No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit among all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading responsively verses from Psalm 104 with the Antiphon. How manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creation of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan that you form to sport in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. 
I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Now, beloved, please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John, chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those to whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. A gift on the altar. Your life is a gift on the altar. What gift, in what way, on what altar? Many gifts of June we receive this month every year. Today you are invited to join us for a common meal following worship, which includes a teaching moment on planned giving, and then stay, if you will, for a wedding of two of our faithful ones in the congregation. All are invited. Next week, prior to worship, Mr. Bouchard will convene and guide a discussion of summer reading possibilities. You won't want to miss it. July 18th is our annual breakfast Father's Day, but it's meant for fathers and mothers and others and all. It's a moment. You could call it an excuse for a lovely meal, 9.30 a.m. Please join us. Then on June 25th, our annual brief vacation Bible school, including word and music, we have arranged for the children, youth, young adults, and young at heart. All are welcome. The expert guidance of a competent and trained music teacher named Jan who says with sincerity that everyone can sing, 
Against much earthly evidence, she says and insists, everyone can sing. You come, too. We admire her courage. We question the wisdom, word and music, June 25th. You are a congregation of generous souls who plant your standard of faith in the heart of the academic community. You come Sunday by Sunday, including through the summer, to remind all that learning is good and meaning is very good. It's good to be smart and it's smart to be good. To be a human means a head and to be a human means a heart. And while this might be okay to be hard-headed at some times, we don't want to be hard-hearted very too often. That is, we welcome you, whether you're A students or whether you're just getting through. All of us are better when we are loved, as the preacher, country preacher said, come commencement. Some of us graduate summa cum laude and others magna cum laude and others cum laude. And some of us get through just saying, thank you, Lordy, thank you, Lordy, you come too. Your life is a gift on the altar. What gift, in what way? in one altar. We conclude our service in just a few moments with a, with a point of service at the very end, the offertory. The ushers will come up, two at least. They will proceed to this beautiful altar and they will stand for a moment. It could be two friends, it could be a couple of our teenagers, it could be a couple of the regular ushers, and we pause. And it's a physical embodiment of the trust we have that our life together is a gift upon the altar. <clears throat> Here, as regularly, we, we may want to reflect theologically on what we are doing, particularly this Pentecost Sunday, this day of the gift of paraclete, comforter, spirit, presence. We are saying that over time, we may know the truth, and the truth may set us free. One of the great gifts of our post-Christian, maybe now fading, post-modern era has been a sense of narrowness, a sense of limitation, even humility, about our capacity to ascertain and to hold the truth, as long ago Solzhenitsyn reminded us. Truth, very difficult to know, harder still to hold. That's been a gift, but the other side of that coin is true as well. Our failing in our time in this now passing postmodern, post-Christian era has been the very same, a sense of limitation and narrowness about affirmation of ultimate reality. So our sense of asperity about truth and its discovery slides over into a despondency about the capacity to know truth at all. So our recognition of the difficulty and the struggle especially theological, of ascertaining the truth, slips over into a despair about any particular truth so that the truth of relativity gives way to the falsehood of relativism, that the truth of relativity gives way to the falsehood of relativism. Our gift, your gift, is a gift on the altar, but come Sunday... We check here now what kind of gift, in what way, on what altar. You know, we carry an anxiety. These are not normal times. We have perhaps as much of a decade ahead of us in which we shall need discipline to steel ourselves in personal discipleship for a range, a continuing catena of humiliations, global, national, local, all, which we have seen now over the past six months. They won't go away tomorrow. In a pastoral vein, we might say, be watchful of your anxieties. One said, we must find a way to chase away anxiety through the practice of participation, to oppose, resist anxiety through the practice of participation. You know, you might think of yourself looking down on a parking lot. It's your parking lot, 50 spaces. We'll call this your worry lot. Cars come and go. Pizza delivery comes and goes. A truck comes and goes. This is your anxiety, your dread image. You don't know where these come from. You don't know where they're going. 
you don't know how long they'll be there. And guess what? You don't really have very much control over them, these anxieties, these, these worries. But what you can do come Sunday is to spot them and to name them and to see them and then to sing out with the apostle to the Gentiles, have no anxiety about anything, but in all things in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, give your need, lift your needs to God. Your life is a gift upon the altar, but what altar? These are serious Sunday questions. In what way? In what gift to give? You know, you are such a generous people. You recognize in the scripture today its strangeness, its difference. Did you hear these words? We'll pause just a minute. Pentecost it is for this highest pinnacle, John 17, when Jesus says, Father, glorify me that I may glorify you. You know, you recall, he is speaking proleptically of his coming crucifixion. In John, glory means cross. Eternal life, this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. You recognize how strange, different that sentence is from what we would find in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Eternal life in John, kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven in Mark. That they may know thee in John, that they may trust, believe thee in Mark. The one true God in John, do you hear? That's a multi-polytheistic setting. God's but one true God. And Abba, one in Mark. Jesus Christ in John. Jesus Rabbi in Mark. Whom thou hast sent in John. Whom thou hast begotten in Mark. Different, different. Finished. This word here is the last word on Jesus' tongue in the gospel, tetelestai. It is finished. The glory is the cross. Before the world existed, this gospel places love as prelude and postlude to all, including creation. Theologically, not chronologically. God is not in time. Time is in God, as my friend rightly says. But in this gospel and occasionally elsewhere, God's first name is not creation. God's first name is resurrection. God's middle name is creation. And God's surname, let me introduce you, it's Pentecost, inspiration. Welcome, be greeted. Resurrection, creation, inspiration. And that you may be glorified through them. Do you see, as with Father and Son, so with community and spirit, that they may be glorified. That means a gift in a certain way on an altar. It means self-sacrifice. Gift on the altar, your life is a gift on the altar, but what kind of gift, in what sort of way, in, one, in what particular altar? What joy it is to see you this morning, to be reminded of what a generous people and congregation you are. You are known far and wide as people who give and who tithe and who offer themselves. And it has been a joy to learn and grow in such a capacity with you. You're not alone. Many of us this past week, Methodist ministers, have been in annual conference meetings, evening and morning. And this means doing typical Methodist things like singing lustily and eating endlessly and arguing vociferously and trying to find ways to hug one another and pray for one another when we do not agree with one another and stumbling with great pain still over the center of the gospel in our time which simply put is four words gay people are people that the full humanity of gay people in Galatians 3 and John 14 to 17 and Matthew 5 is present to us for all to see and so we struggle on but In that gathering of a thousand people and churches from the St. Lawrence River down to the Susquehanna, the Winding River, from the Niagara Cataract all the way to the Hudson River, looking across it, all I could see in the hours as they went by slowly was a landscape of of love altogether. Here was a young woman who had, as a child with her parents, hosted a very young cub preacher at age 21 who went to their home 
And it both bothered and moved me to remember that that modest table was made out of a stiff but still cardboard box with a cloth. Or the woman retiring who, with humor, trying to teach those coming along, said, you need to be careful to translate that theological language. I went to my first church, 21 Dear Souls. They toured me the sanctuary, and I said, do you use here the lectionary? And the man looked at me, and he said, well, you're the minister. You can do whatever you want. You can use the pulpit, or you can use the lectionary. You can speak from the pulpit, or you can speak from the lectionary. You need to translate the tradition into insights for effective living. But now, not as a cub preacher, but as an aging rookie grandfather in training, it doesn't take very long to go from being a young Turk to becoming an old turkey. I could see the gifts of love across that wide expanse. And I remember a widow with four teenagers who nonetheless found the energy to serve a Wednesday meal to her children and all the rest in the neighborhood in the church hall. And I remember a recovering alcoholic in a trailer up in the North Country who gave a whole year to raising $4,000 for a retired preacher's fund. And I remember a couple who had already driven a car for many years. It was a jalopy, a hoopty, but they drove it three years more so that they could make their pledge to the new building campaign. And I remember another couple, two retired school teachers who had been housemates for a lifetime, if you know what I mean, who set up an endowment for their kindergarten class that lasts to this day. And I remember a Colgate graduate who remembered his church in his will. They're generous people like you and like you all, like Daniel Marsh and Arlene Marsh, who are right here with us every week. We don't stop and pause, but Marsh built the chapel for which, for which and it was named later for him. You know, without the discipline without the tithing, without the generosity of other generations, we would be worshiping in a pup tent. But here we have Indiana limestone, conic glass, a gothic nave, and a reminder that gift on the altar, your life day by week by month by year is a gift upon the altar. Belinda was a single mom, raising her five-year-old, Ryan. She read to him every night. One night he interrupted her and he said, Mom, did you buy that book you're reading from? And she said, yes. He said, did you buy this bed I sleep in every night? She said, yes. He inquired, how about this house we call our home? Did you buy this for us? And she said, well, the bank and I did so. He said, how about that red sweater? I'd never had a sweater before. Did you get that? Pay for that? And she said, yes. He said, you know what? He recognized for a minute what he'd been given. He said, Mom, I have a piggy bank there. It has seven coins in it. I don't know how much they're worth. But maybe you could just take those and go and use those and spend them for something that you'd like to have for yourself. Everything that we have been given, especially life and forgiveness and eternal life, is a gift of the living God. We want, come Pentecost, to respond. A gift on the altar. Your life is such. But what kind of gift? In what sort of way? On what sort of altar? Hear the good news. This is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Amen.
please be seated. Good morning. We welcome you again to the nave of Marsh Chapel, whether you are seated here with us at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, listening live via the radio at 90.9 FM or WBUR.org, or listening later via the podcast, please know that you are a valuable member of our community. Summer is upon us here at Boston University, which means there are fewer students on campus, and the temperature is finally starting to climb a little bit. Um, as a reminder, the chapel offices are open on weekdays from 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and Sunday morning worship will continue throughout the summer uh, here at 11 o'clock. Today is Holy Communion Sunday. All are welcome to participate in this sacrament with us. Wine will be served on the pulpit side, and grape juice will be served on the lectern side. A gluten-free option for the bread is also available upon request. There will also be a healing prayer station under the first set of stained glass windows um, on the pulpit side for those who wish to partake in that. After the service today, we invite you to join us for our monthly community luncheon in the Marsh Room on the lower level of the chapel. In addition to food and fellowship, uh, Sharon Wheeler, the Associate Director of Planned Giving here at Boston University, will be giving us a presentation during that time. And now with a few words for our radio congregation about planned giving uh, is Sharon Wheeler. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, as uh, Jessica said, my name is Sharon Wheeler, and I work at Boston University. I am one of a team that works here at the school that support all 17 schools and colleges and activities here. Uh, my specialty is planned giving, and what that means is I work with our wonderful alumni, friends, and donors to all parts of this university um, who would like to support the university in creative ways. Um, I look at planned giving as an opportunity for anybody to participate, um, whether it's a future gift through your will or trust, whether it's a gift that you do now that uh, provides you income, uh, I would be happy to be a resource for those here today. And I'd also like to point out that um, you, can, you can contact me and my team through the Marsh Chapel website, which is www.bu.edu slash chapel. And there's a link to the giving and the plain giving of my team. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, as the dean mentioned, next Sunday, we ask that you please join our chapel director, Ray Bouchard, at 9.45 a.m. in the Thurman Room downstairs um, to share good ideas for summer reading. Uh, please let Heidi Freemanis Courts know if you plan to attend by emailing her at hrf at bu.edu. For all other news and events, we encourage you to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our webpage at bu.edu slash chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, let us remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
We give thee but thine own, whate'er the gift may be. All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O Lord, from thee. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. In Christ, amen. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. In the beginning, your spirit moved over the face of the waters. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. Your spirit came upon the prophets and teachers, anointing them to speak your word. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ at his baptism in the Jordan your spirit descended upon him and declared him your beloved son with your spirit upon him he turned away the temptations of sin your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to announce that the time had come when you would save your people he healed the sick fed the hungry and ate with sinners By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always, baptizing us with the Holy Spirit and with fire, as on the day of Pentecost. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood and empowered by the gifts of the Spirit. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, showing forth the fruit of the Spirit until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever.
May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 